Welcome to the SSE Electricity League podcast here on News Talk. I'm Oshin Langan. No Richie McCormack this week. And rather than do the kind of home and away stroke Fresh Prince of Bel Air thing where they replaced an actor with a different actor but kept the same character, we've gone along the lines of this show. Only Fools and Horses, that is the soundtrack, a classic British comedy. Uh, Dan Kelly, you are Uncle Albert, which I guess makes Richie Grandad. I have no idea what you're talking about, It's a show I've rarely ever seen. I've seen on those like 50 best clips. Hold on a second, you're not a fan of Only Fools and Horses? I'm not saying I'm not a fan of Only Fools and Horses, I'm saying I've never seen the show properly. There's a difference. So you're not a fan? I've never seen this Are you or are you not a fan? This is what we do on this podcast. We ask hard questions. Hard questions deserve straight answers. Uh, I can say probably I'm not a fan of Only Fools and Horses and I can only apologise to our listeners for that. What are you even doing here? I don't know why I invited you if you don't. Yeah. Like if you don't like Only Fools and Horses, if it's, if our, if the flaw in our relationship is that fundamental, I don't see how we can go on. Can I just ask what episode of the show is it this week? Or do you know? I know that's usually Richie's job, but do you know yourself? Uh, I see what you're doing here. You are trying to catch me on the hop, and you have, because Richie normally does that. This is our X episode. He's not here this week. I don't keep count, because I only concentrate on the next podcast. I don't look beyond it. One I don't podcast look back. ahead, that's fair. Exactly. Podcast by podcast. I just keep my head down. I work hard. You're a Sligo Rovers fan? I am, surely. For my sins lately, sadly. Um, Cup weekend was a bit drab overall, but for you guys it was, it was good. Uh, it Cavantini was. 3-0. Uh, 3-0, I'll be perfectly honest. It would have been great if that game was away because I live around a 15-minute walk from Stradbrook, so that would have been handy instead of going back to Sligo. But it was a great to have, it's great to have the win. Uh, Rovers, obviously, last few years have been synonymous with the Cup, and you could probably say they're this generation's Cup specialists, and I think no team can, no team or fans can deny that. Uh, there have been three wins in the Aviv in recent years but they need to get back there honestly I don't think it'll happen this year because if they get drawn against any of the top half teams in the Premier Division there's a good chance they will lose sadly Okay, more from Dan in a while but uh, enough from you for now now it's time for more of me with the rap hi me everyone starts going here's the gaffer quick I, I don't think it's any surprise that this coincides with the end of the Premier League season and they stick I, it on there people just yeah. switch off yeah. people do it's it's unfortunately the, the the Premier League is so embedded in ingrained in the culture of football in this country that as soon as it as soon as it's, it's over um, people just switch off you know they don't realise that there's a game of football on um on a Friday night, whether it be an electricity league game or, or an FAI Cup game, do and think I, so? I, I, do you not just think it's a symptom of the cup? Like attendances will be back and fine again, in keeping with the general trend of the season. Yeah, this I, I don't, I, I don't think so. I, right. I've never, I ne- and I've never thought so. I've always been, you know, um, I'm gonna jump on the on the on the summer soccer thing again, and I, I, I just, I really do have to question. I don't know whether there's a future for it. Um, yeah, the pitches are better. Um, the year, the weather is a little bit more consistent, but only a little bit more. Sure. <laughs> and um, I don't know whether the future of of the game in, in this country is 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 a summer season. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the FAI, if the FA Cup final, um, may have held people back as well. People may have been staying at home in preparation for the for the FA Cup final, which is an awful thing. And also, we had the Irish Open on as well, so there's a lot going on. I would wonder, yeah, exactly how many people stayed away due to those factors. Stuart Byrne telling off the balls, Joe Malloy. He doesn't believe summer football is adding anything to League of Ireland football. The former Shells player also believes 
that we get a bit carried away with the Premier League and he can't understand why. It's always the same for me when I go to watch a Premier League game. It's disappointing. It has this all this hype. You're yeah. walking up to the ground, yeah. the crowd, your, yeah. your expectation just goes through the roof. Yeah. Ten minutes of the game, you're looking at guys like Depay, Car- uh, Car- Carrick, you're going, Rooney, you know, 300 grand a week. There's Wes, he's 34, um, probably one, technically probably the best player on the pitch. Not that you're biased. Not that I'm biased, but you're going, what, like... You know, what is it? Yeah. You just go and get it. It's just, but it's ingrained in the culture over sure. there. Stuart Byrne talking to you off the ball. All of that line of conversation kind of sprung from the poor attendances at FAI Cup games last weekend. Coincidentally enough, there is a sort of return to tradition uh, this weekend with uh, Sunday games, many of which kick off at three o'clock. Cork City, who lies second, go to Longford after their substantial win over St. Peter's in the Cup. City fullback Kevin O'Connor outlined why the break was needed ahead of this game and of course the upcoming clash with Dundalk at Turner's Cross. It's a break that we all kind of needed and deserved because there's a lot of tired legs now over the last few weeks. Obviously we've had, I think it was eight games in 25 days, I think is what it was now. And it's tough going on anybody, especially the standard that we're playing at. You know, it's, it's tough to keep the legs going, but we did it and we got, we got all the points we could and we kept in tone with Dundalk and that's, that's our main priority once we keep that, we're... We're looking forward to Longford now, obviously, next week and hopefully another three points and that'll put us in great stand for Dundalk at home here before the break. For Sligo, it's a Western Derby against Galway United at Eamon DC Park. Kieran Sadlier was on the mark twice for Rovers in their 3-0 win over Cabin Teeley in the Cup and manager Dave Robertson told Ocean FM that's no less than he expects. It's something that I've been quite demanding on um, from him now. I think uh, everyone's seen the quality in his performances and, and how he's settled in. And the key bit is now we spoke about him staying more central and, and making sure that, that he adds goals to his games. And you know what, he's done that this evening and, and hopefully that'll kick him on with a little bit of more confidence. Caroline, the arse has ripped out of me trousers here. So that's me with the roundup and a fine job I did as well. Well done, Ashin. 10 out of 10. Thank you very much. Stewie Byrne talking to you off the ball as he does every Tuesday night also in there. Dave Robertson and Kevin O'Connor of Cork City, a Wexford man who played against Wexford recently. Speaking of Wexford, I have a feeling in my waters, not that we recorded the end of this already and haven't done the rest of the podcast, but what? I have a feeling Where was I for that this? I have a feeling that I may have omitted the Dundalk Wexford Youth game out of the roundup of fixtures that we sometimes do at the end, which obviously we haven't recorded yet, Dan. You understand? Actually, I have a feeling that may happen it in may the future, happen. but I'm not sure. If it does happen, and we, there are no guarantees, because as I say, we definitely have not already recorded that part of the show, and we're certainly not too lazy to go You're back and do it the again. You're breaking fourth wall here, Oshie. You really are. I'm smashing through it. You know who else does that? I'm not going to answer that Mrs. Question. Brown. You having a laugh? Oh no, wait a minute, that's when the whistle blows. Anyway, um, if there's one thing we've learned from Mrs. Brown's boys and Al Porter, it's that cheap laughs are okay. They work. You can make a living out of it. It's for another day, but I thought he was very impressed. Why is everything for another day for you? I don't know. You just are you lazy today? I mean, because you've got you're giving yourself a lot of work later on. I I prefer to tackle it head on. Yeah, but that's just my that's just my method I didn't say by the way either of them weren't funny I just said they go to, for cheap laughs anyway um, still to come the Finn Harps fans on their favourite away venue uh, don't worry I brought a translator uh, but now Tony O'Connor you're a young man is Dan as you're calling Twitter I am uh, tell me about Tony O'Connor uh, Tony O'Connor formerly of I think he was a home farm he was also a St. Pat's Bowles and did he finish with Dublin City I think he did indeed 
the highlight of his career, although we'll put this to him, but I think the memory for me that stands out from Tony O'Connor's career was this goal against Longford, the winner in the 2001 FAI Cup final. Into the danger zone, wouldn't come down. Chance for O'Connor! season's FAI Cup and sets Bohemians up to claim the double. We're sitting here with Tony O'Connor. Tony, I've just made a statement that that is probably the best moment of your career, but I kind of made it on your behalf. So maybe you can tell me, was that the best moment of your career? Um, yeah, it possibly was. Yeah, on the pitch it was. Because, I, I, you know, you don't, uh, not many people get to play in cup finals. And to score on one was a was a great honour, you know. And to, uh, it turned out to be the winning goal, so I was I was chuffed. And uh, yeah, it's, it lives long in the memory, all right. What were you thinking when that ball came to you? Because you kind of struck it well, but not perfectly, if you know what I mean. It 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 did enough to go in. I'm not sure. Did you do that on purpose or not? No. If I had it caught it properly, it probably wouldn't have gone in. Now, in fairness, it was a bit of a, a shimmy off the the outside of my foot, but. Uh, just prior to that, I, I was in a part of the play that brought me up the field and for some reason I didn't venture back to my full-back position and uh, when the ball came over, I just dealt with it as best I could and it was a bit of a shimmy, but I went in, that's the main thing. Was that something you were told by Roddy to do, follow play up and you know get on the end of things or was it something you just took upon yourself to do on cup final day? No, it was, something, it was a type of game I, I played, I, I was quite... I was capable of getting up and down the pitch quite uh, easy enough, you know. It was it was, it was a strength in my game, uh, my stamina and and strength and stuff like that. But uh, with Roddy, you, you, sometimes you wouldn't know what he was going to tell you, so you just yeah, it was a lot of it was off your own back type thing, you know. Yeah, that was a crazy time in Irish football. I was just getting into following it. That was actually the first FAI Cup final I was ever at, and I just seem to remember this wall and wave of hype created by Roddy. What was it like for ye at the time? Because he was doing great things, but he was also making a, an awful lot of enemies and he, he didn't seem to care. What about you as players? What were you thinking at this time? Well, the good thing about it, he, he created an awful lot of uh, hype about the game in, within uh, within the league and stuff like that. And it brought crowds through the gates, which is fantastic. And he was controversial. He still is. We are happy enough as players that he was taking all the line. Uh, it, it, probably similar to the way other managers across the water do. They like to take the limelight off players he was doing that whether he was doing it on purpose or not or it's just his persona but uh, we we're happy enough to let him do all that sort of stuff and what was he like to work with because whatever he did at that time it got results I mean you won the double that year no one can argue with that yeah. and then obviously Bowles went on to achieve some great results in Europe yeah and I, I tell you he, he was fantastic in the sense that he brought uh, he brought some that wasn't there before there was like uh, up to that stage it was pretty much all part-time players and he in a matter of two seasons, you change it over to a full-time setup. Pretty much, bar myself and maybe one or two others, we are all part, we are part-time. The rest are all full-time. So he brought a, a professional approach to it, and you know he stumbled across uh, along the way at times. He, he learned from little mistakes he made, but in the end, it worked out great for the club. You know. Yeah, yeah. And his style of management was it was it abrasive? Was it something you could only take for a certain amount of time, or? Has he never been given credit for his actual football now? Because people say, oh, you know, he he got good players. He was able to, to buy in players. But that's only any good if you can actually manage those yeah, players. Yeah, yeah it, it, you're right there. He, he bought in probably the best players that he could that were available because the phone started to come in and uh, he was good at that. Like every every other manager, you know, they have their faults and their, and their pluses. And he had a couple of 
falls by many pluses as well. Like sometimes it, it, the, the thing with Roddy is if if you weren't pulling his way, you might as well just walk out that door because he he'd had no time for you type thing. And and if you if you were on his side and doing what he wanted, it was happy days. Yeah. What did he say to you after that goal in the cup final? I don't really know. Because I, I, what I do know, I do remember is uh, when I came out of the dressing room after doing there was interviews. Of course, I went out. The team bus was gone. I, I had to. Uh, hail a taxi down and try to get back up to the club that's the one abiding memory I have of it yeah. I don't think he was too concerned where I was you wouldn't walk from Talcott Park I was, I was tired, <laughs> I was tired. What, what was it like in the time after that becoming a bit of a cult hero scoring a goal in a cup final well it's great now when you look back at now and I get great mileage on now in fairness but yeah. Like I played a lot of games uh, for for uh, for Bowes, and I'm sure there was quite a number of them. There were pretty poor games I played, but that one kind of scored and going to cup final. It, uh, supporters tend to forget about the bad games you have, so it stood me well. In fairness, now. Yeah, and um, obviously you played for Bowes and Pats. Mm. They meet this weekend. How would you compare the Bowes Pats rivalry to the Bowes Rovers rivalry? Because they're both Dublin derbies, but as someone from outside of Dublin, I find it strange that. Bowes Rovers seems to always be referred to as the Dublin Derby. What do you make of that, having played for both Pats and Bowes? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're different derbies altogether. Uh, the Bowes Rovers one, it's you know that speaks for itself. It's it's not at times it can on the pitch players like both sets of players respect each other. Off the pitch it can be a bit you know tainted and not very nice. Whereas the Bowes Pats one. Players get on with each other on and off the pitch, mm. and the supporters seem they're more respectful. I this is going to sound very bad towards Rover supporters. There's a gen, there's a great bunch of Rover supporters. There's an odd few dodgy ones similar to the Bows. They have great supporters and they have a couple of bogies as well. But in saying that, the Pats Bow supporters they seem to all get on well, and like they'll congratulate you to uh, Pats supporters if you do well, and vice versa the Bows to the Pats players. So we, it's it, although it's a, it's a very intense uh, derby, there's not a bad element to it really. Yeah. You had uh, three seasons at Pats and you had about 11 at Bowles. Yeah. What are the big differences in the two clubs in a playing sense? Uh, well, there were different times. You know, when I when this season, three seasons I had with, uh, with Pats, we won the league. It was Brian Kerr was manager. We were playing uh, over in Harold's Cross because Inchicore was being redeveloped at the time. And it was Sunday afternoon matches and it was, there was always a great buzz over there. Mm. Although the stadium itself wasn't great, but it worked well for us. And we had a very good uh, squad over there. Moving the, moving the balls for me was was a great thrill for me because I was a ball supporter as, as a young lad. So... You know, obviously, when you're going from Harold's Cross, where the stadium wasn't great, to Daly Mount, at the time was the the biggest soccer stadium in in the country outside of uh, Lansdowne Road. Mm-hmm. So it was a big change, and the whole environment was different. You know, and uh, but I have to say, the three seasons I played with Pats, although I played eleven seasons with Bowes, the three seasons I played with Pats were I have really great fond memories of it. You know, there was great support, and I still meet a lot of the supporters in my day-to-day business, and uh, you know, it's great banter and stuff like that. But uh, you know, playing-wise, I suppose there was a lot of barren years when I went to Bowes. Yeah, we were ne- the nearly team. We were pipped a couple of times uh, for the league beating three or four seasons around the semi-finals of the FAI Cup and at a, at a, there was a stage where I thought I'm never going to win in here you know but uh, towards the end of my career we, we we turned out a bit and we got a couple of uh, good trophies under our belt so mm. on both sides playing side it was, it was great from both teams they're different but they were great times 
Is there a difference between the sets of supporters on game day? For example, I heard Stuart Byrne tell off the ball the other night that, you know, 20 minutes in, if you're playing for balls at home and they're not doing well, they get on top of you. Yeah. That's something I've always heard people say. Is yeah. that the case? Is it true? Was it true in your day? Is it still true now? It's, it was my day and I'd say it's still... Uh, well, it, I've, I've been over there for a couple of games this season and it's still like that. Why is that? Why, why does Bowles have that reputation when other clubs don't? Is it because it's true? I mean, it's... Because it seems like, well, wouldn't every set of supporters do that? But... Well, I can only say what I yeah. experienced from balls and pats, but I, you definitely find out with some balls, not all of them, of course, but some <laughs> some of them will let you know in, in no uncertain terms that uh, they're not happy with your performance and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I know there's the old, the, the old saying, they pay in so they're entitled to say what they like. To a point, maybe, yeah, but sometimes I've heard it and seen it getting pretty nasty and uh, it's not nice to watch out here, you know, that type of way. And it's a strange situation with the League of Ireland because everyone knows each other. The players know, know the fans the fans know the players, the managers know it. You yeah. know, so you're kind of booing guys that you know you can reach out and shake hands with after the game. It's a strange situation, it's, isn't it? Yeah, you, there's a, probably a good chance you could bump into them in, in O'Connell Street next day type thing. So it's a small community, small world, the soccer community in, 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 here. And uh, it can be a little bit off-putting at times, you know. I, I remember my own situation years ago playing for Bowes. There was a couple of lads you know, used to give and it would talk, uh, Connor was the manager at the time they used to be shouting oh, Connor you're this oh Connor you're that yeah. and for years I thought they were talking about Torlock till uh, he moved on and they realised the following week that we were playing home they are still saying oh Connor you're this and that and I realised they were talking about me for years yeah. but you know you, you, players unless it gets personal and very nasty players just get on with it because they take it personal. sometimes more times than not you can't hear it yeah. you know but uh, it can be a little there's, unfortunately there's a little bit of a nasty element there and it, it goes throughout clubs yeah I guess it's it's there in most clubs as well. Uh, was there ever any particularly bad one that you heard and that you wanted to kind of do something about at the time, or were you, were you always able to say, "Look, guys are going to shout and that's that." Yeah. Now I, I, I you hear things and stuff like that, but you, more time you, you're concentrated on a game, you know, and especially yeah. if there's a decent crowd there and there's an intense match, you, more times you don't hear. That. You, you, it's when you're going off you might hear things when the game has stopped half time or in full time, but during the game you don't hear that, really hear that. Yeah. Compare the league and where it's at now to when we'll say you finished up in around 04 with with Dublin City having just joined from Bohemians and having been at Pats before that is it better is it worse is it kind of where it should be now because clubs you know they are budgeting now they're actually paying guys what they can afford and while the contracts might be short at least they're not saying oh we'll pay you for 52 weeks and then they you know come back later and say well we can't pay any more what do you think of where the league is at in that sense and a footballing standard sense uh, it's you know when you're when you're finished. Uh, I've often heard other players saying it was better in their day. That's the only experience you can work off. And I I I feel towards the end of my time, football was at its probably at its best and its highest it has been ever in the league. I can't really you know, well that's easy, you know, I don't know about the sixties and seventies only that I, I used to go watch the stuff in the seventies. But uh, the standard in around the two thousand euro uh, two thousand year mark and onwards for a couple of years was really very uh, I think it was probably as I say probably as good as uh, as ever been there, there was three or four maybe five teams who were what we'd call professional and there was a good standard there was players staying at home rather than going away yeah. to England and when the the money ran out of it a lot of players went to England who were playing three or four years here so it just showed that the standard were, was good and they were capable of going off to England if they need be but financially they couldn't stay here to, to do it you know is it better now than or then than it is now? I would I would think the overall standard uh, there was more better clubs 
den than there are now. Not necessarily better players, but definitely better clubs. Yeah. When you were playing in that kind of 2000 region, there was a lot of confidence around the league, and maybe that was because of Roddy, and maybe that was because European results improved, and maybe it was because guys were generally full-time rather than part-time. There seems to be a bit of a confidence back now, but it's a different confidence. It's maybe because we know we're producing good players. I mean, look at the Ireland squad. Mm. Kevin Doyle, Wes Houlihan, uh, Shane Long, to name just three, who were involved. Seamus Coleman, how could I forget him? Is that something you would agree with, that kind of the more players we produce that go on to play with Ireland, the more confidence the league will take from that? I, I think so, yeah. I, well, I, I certainly hope so. I think... Because of the downturn of the economy, yeah. I think it might bring people back down to earth in a sense. And that goes not only in business, in football, general life. People have to, like, even at home, your own household, you you, you, you do things differently. Yeah. And you, you concentrate on things that are important. Now, with the, the way the situation is, hopefully the coaching system is better. But it seems to be, there's a lot more lads seem to be getting uh, qualifications in coaching and stuff like that. And that might concentrate on getting back down to ground roots and putting the effort in there rather than depending on bringing a fellow over from England or spending money yeah. and just bringing in people. Now you kind of have way. to. Yeah. You have to you, pick a local lad. You have to, yeah. You have to. And you might have faults, but it's up to the coaching staff there to, to sort out them faults and improve the player. And hopefully the way the situation is now, that there will be more concentration on that and it will develop kids and younger lads for the future. Yeah. How important is that, the fact that you know coaching is done right in this country and that a good production line of players is formed? I mean, you, know, you started your League of Ireland career at Home Farm, mm. which is still a club that produces players en masse and seems to have a great coaching system. So you'd obviously have a good insight into it. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we ha- we ha- we have to start it right. Like as I said there just previously, there, there's a lot of lads who have gone through their careers and now are co- uh, coaches and they're putting a stamp on things. It's it's the way forward. Like just it was too easy for years ago. Like for instance, a fella could get a job as assistant manager up in Bowes or Dundalk or anything like that. And he, he could be working as a milkman in the morning with no qualifications because he's he's been around the block and he does this, that and other. Yeah. Now that whole criteria has changed. You have to have your your badge and your qualifications. And to, sometimes I think it's a bit extreme with some of the badges they have to have, but it is what it is. But it can only uh, encourage better uh, coaching and hopefully better players for the future. You were involved in a bit of coaching yourself. Do you enjoy it? I did. It, it has its good days. When things are going well, it's yeah. good. But when things are going a little bit pear-shaped, it can be very stressful, you know. And I was, I was just recently, I was up you know, with Talker Rovers coaching up till this season just gone by and uh, had a great couple of great years there. And But uh, there was a lot of pressure in a sense. It's if you have a family and you're, you're yeah. walking away it, it, and trying to get time for all three, the football, the family and and uh, and work, it's, it can prove very difficult. But uh, the, when it's gone well, like anything else, it's fantastic. But if it takes a little bit of a nosedive, yeah. you, you feel it. I want to ask you about this weekend's game. How do you think it'll go, Bowes clashing with Pats? Well, I'm, I just had a glance at the tables there and Bowes aren't in a good position at the moment. Now, I've been as a couple of matches and although they're toward, toward from bottom, some of the performers don't don't kind of uh, merit that position, yeah. you know. So, Pats on the other hand, they've they've started off well enough. They've lost a couple of games, namely against Galway home three one. I was down at that. I was surprised at that one. But games like this, I don't. Form goes out the window. It's yeah. as I say, it's, it's a derby. It's you know, it's passionate. 
both sets of fans are over there early looking for a good game, good results. So it's hard when call. I'd say, I'd fancy if Bowes get a draw, they would be happy enough. If they get a win, they'd be you know, over the moon. But I'd say, I'd fancy maybe a draw, one all maybe. They got a break in the cup last weekend and scored a couple of goals, their first couple of goals for a long, long time. I guess Keith will be delighted with that and he'll hope there'll be a bounce. Yeah, sometimes cup games are a great relief in football you know you, you could be on a little bit of a bad run in the league yeah. cup match comes along it's pressure off as seen last week they seem to be playing without any pressure on their, on their shoulders and they got a good result so that might just kick start him back in again he'll be happy enough for that result last night oh, sorry last week do you have any outstanding memory of a Pats Bulls game whether you were on the Pats side or the, the Bulls side do you, uh, any stories come to mind I remember there was one that always stands out we were playing for Bulls against Pats over in, uh, in Chicago and to me, the match should have been called off. It was like a night rink, but there was crowds that been uh, were in there and stuff yeah. like that. And the referees decided to go ahead, and we were absolutely bashed five nil. It was like a Bambi. We we're like Bambi on ice. Yeah. The others. Were you playing for Pats or Bulls? We were playing for Pats at the time, okay. and uh, whatever they must have been training on in the ice rink somewhere, Pats, because they handled the conditions so well. We were falling, they yeah. were upright and stuff, like that, and they bashed us five nil. That's. One of the memories I have. It's not a great memory, but it's one of the them ones. But over the years, there were some fantastic games between both sets of uh, players. You know, there's as I say, said before, there's great rivalry, but it's it's you know, shake yeah. it a hand and have a point out, and everything's you know okay then. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's strange that you bring up a bad memory. You must have a good memory from the derby as well. I do remember. We played Pats over in Daily Mount. We won three one. I scored two from midfield, which was I was playing midfield at that time, and <laughs> yeah. I don't usually score too many goals, but uh, getting two in one game was good. And uh, do you know the way nowadays you see on on television where players don't celebrate scoring? Yes, yeah. I certainly did that day, <laughs> and it wasn't again nothing to do with Pats. It was yeah. just the, the shock of scoring two goals in one game. So that was my that was a good memory I had for it. And just before I let you go, obviously you spent most of your career, I suppose, as a, as a fullback, get, getting up and down the wing. But primarily, you had to defend, even though you got some goals in your time as well. What do you make of it when you see fullbacks who can't defend now? The ones that spring to mind are Moreno and this season. I'm not saying Seamus Coleman is a poor player, but he's had a poor season maybe because Everton have been poor defensively. And look, he's not the only one. But what, do you, like, what do you think when you're seeing a guy? And they can't do the basics of their position as a fullback. Yeah, it's it's strange, as you say. Like uh, Moreno for Liverpool, uh, and I, I, they they be with the team. I'd follow Liverpool as well, and I'd be looking at him saying to myself, "What is he doing? You know, like should he be playing fullback or should he be playing uh, forward up the field start, as a starting position? Because he's definitely like the same with Coleman. Coleman going forward is fantastic, but." you'd wonder what, what's happening in the, on the training ground are, are, are the, the, the lads not listening taking the information in because some of the mistakes especially Moreno made this year yeah. have been horrendous from it as a defender you know you, and it, I wouldn't imagine it takes an awful lot to, to sort out on a training pitch then you have to question then are they are they listening or just going into their own yeah. world when they go on the pitch but uh, yeah, I, I, I've always played in teams and with Brian Kerr and stuff like that, Torlock, your bases was your, your back five, the keeper on your back four. That was solid. And from your end line to the halfway line, that's where you, you looked after that. And more than that, and after that was a bonus. But you you, you defended yeah. first and foremost. And that's, I don't know, where, where, maybe it's the tactics now or the the diamonds, uh, uh, shapes they play, I don't know. But uh, to me, you always get a solid back four and, and work from there. 
Is it something that we haven't forgotten the League of Ireland? Because look at it this way, I think Simon Madden is the fullback for Rovers. He's a pleasure to watch. Yeah. He gets up and down, but boy, does he cover his position. Oh, uh, Cork yeah. City as well have a couple of uh, dynamic fullbacks. Fantastic, yeah. And it's and it, like uh, in Birmingham and Pats as well, yeah. fantastic. He, he, they're lads who, as you say, they, they're willing to get up the pitch, but by God, they get back and they do the defence. But if you ask them what are they forced, they're not a wing back and they're a defender they'll tell you that themselves and after that they'll add is a bonus to them but uh, you know it's it's not forgotten in League of Ireland it could be good. We, we, simple things like that we do basically we do the basic things right you know but uh, when you go over to the continent and you see over in England as well you'd, you'd wonder these fellas do they understand the position of full back you know I'd say you'd like to get a hold of them would you I could have done it with the last last Wednesday night I would have loved to get a hold of them yeah thanks very much You're Tony a real pleasure now. speaking to you Okay, thank you very much. It's intermission time. We're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often. Tony O'Connor, a.k.a. Talkie, speaking to the SSE or Tricity League podcast here on News Talk. What a gent. Why talky though, can I ask? Well, quite clearly, I asked him that in the interview and he explained it. And it's not like we're recording this link before the interview has been recorded. So you should know. You should have been yeah, listening. So I, was, I had to just run out there for a quick second. So I actually missed the interview. I'm sure it was excellent. And I'm, I'm going to listen back now and find out why he is called talky. You better. I will. How do you think Richie is feeling listening to this? <laughs> not great, I would guess. Uh, I can only apologise to Richie because I'm sure he will be tuning in and... Uh, I'd say the pod needs him back. Would you agree? I think the, how would I describe this? The organizational features of this weekend, of this weekend's, this week's podcast leave a lot to be desired. But then again, maybe we're breaking down the fourth wall where Richie tries to block everyone out. Works for Mrs. Brown's boys. Does it though? It does. Breaking down the fourth wall and cheap laughs, both okay. Speaking of which, if Richie is stressed listening to this, it's not like he can pull his hair out. A. Yeah, a A yeah Sorry. not on his head anyway hey <laughs> Winnie or neighbour or whatever the hell the neighbour is called her I, foil in I the show I have no idea what she bounces her one liners off Winnie in where in Mrs Brown's boys I don't even I don't watch that, that, that's yet a, another <laughs> that's show that you have never watched this is what we can learn from this week from this week's podcast the list of shows that I do not watch yeah it's a long list sadly it's really weird because you look like a TV watching dork like, I just, to all the world I thought you would have Watch I just, all of this I just like to watch good TV. I mean, I call you a TV watching dork. Yeah. Because you have stubble glasses and you know a tight haircut. A receding hairline. Yes. I also have the same features. Yeah. Well, I'm currently in a watching uh, Arrest Development, but I'm, oh, about, okay. I'm about what ten years behind on that. I'm only in the middle of the second season. Have you got to bees yet? Bees, no. I've no okay, idea what you're on well, about. Come so. back to me when you've got to bees. That is a classic. Okay, what's your favourite away venue? You're a Sligo Rovers fan. You've been around the country. Uh, well, I've been to... Uh, I still haven't been to Wexford. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going there this the season. The county or the stadium? Uh, Ferry Carrick Park. Okay. I've been to Wexford uh, many on occasion. I even spent some holidays in Gorey. It's a lovely part of the country. Uh, but that's the, I'm looking forward to going there. Rovers only play them once this season. But probably my favourite ground isn't even in the Premier Division now. It would be United Park. Why is that your favourite? It's just, it's, I suppose the nicest way of saying it is, it's unique. It's old. Uh, That's another word for dump. No, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far at all. Uh, it's The last time I was there, I did not like it. But it, it has character. I would far sooner to, it, I would far sooner to, to the modern grounds such as Turner's Cross yeah. or 
Tallah Stadium. Or even you wouldn't say that about a car. Part. If a car was an outbanger, you wouldn't say it has character. You'd just say it's an outbanger. I don't like it. But that's why we can uh, categorize different things in different ways. And I like United Park. The only pain about United Park was that it was an absolute. Uh, it was an absolute difficulty to get to from Sligo. You had to go through a lot of back roads through Mullingar. Very difficult to get to. It was one of the toughest grounds to get to in the league for a Sligo Rovers fan. Especially when you're um, cycling, as you yeah. Sligo fans have to do when you go over because you don't have cars. Yeah, I think the only cyclist out of Sligo is Mark Scanlon, the former world champion, but that's oh, for another yeah. day. Everything's for another day with you. Someday, someday, <laughs> someday your schedule we... is just going to be so full yeah. and you just have too much going on. You should on see you. my diary for tomorrow, Oshin. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that, but maybe, well, maybe it's for another day. It is for another day. Okay, let's find out uh, what the Finn Harps fans' uh, favourite away ground is. That is a lovely ground. Park. It is very nice, and they'll at some stage move out, but it won't be tomorrow for a while or the week after. Anyway, that, it'll be it'll be another day. Oh okay, let's find out what the Harps fans think of away grounds and which is their favourite. I spoke to some, but not all of them. Jesus, um, the what? Brandywell, I suppose. Just why for the rivalry with the uh, with Harps? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a good atmosphere with all the clubs up the north. I think. Yeah, it would have to be the Brandywell because. Uh, they are our biggest rivals in the northwest, and uh, it's always uh, it, it's always a good atmosphere when we play them. I enjoyed daily match. It was good, isn't it? like uh, just a bit of crack. You, you always a bit of, you have good crack with the Bulls fans, in fairness. So, <laughs> are you okay with the blatant human rights abuse of music being blasted at you, Robbie Williams style? Mm. You know they did the same to General Noriega. <laughs> well, I, I was hoping for a, a bit of Daniel O'Donnell or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> Don't be so cliched. Come on. You can do better than that. Lad. You're not actually proud of him, are you? Lad, watch what you're saying. Hey, you're chatting a couple of Donegal lads here. He's like, God, hey, God. Oh, yeah. Just watch yourself, lad. <laughs> hey, you're in my town, bitch. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. This is uh, in Waterford. Sorry. Huh? Where are you from? Waterford. <laughs> Lads, thanks very much. Okay, actually, I yeah. never, never talked to you. What's your favourite away venue? Uh, it's uh, Granuel. The... Sorry, did you all agree on an answer before you uh, started this? <laughs> We're all saying the brand new one, except yeah. you actually. You've been in Dublin too. Rivals. Uh, Big rivals, so it's always good uh, up there. So. What's your favourite away venue one? Calvin Teeley's. Great bar. <laughs> <laughs> did you get out of the bar? You obviously did. You can, you can watch the game from the bar, sure. It's perfect. Okay. <laughs> How about yourself? A favourite away venue one? Calvin Teeley. Good friend window, good bar. <laughs> You tried supporting Van Herbs, have you? <laughs> but you're back in the top flight now. Yeah, yeah. Is that a, what, as, we're doing fairly well, so we were up until the last two games, like. But I uh, will get back on track, so we will we'll definitely. What's my favourite away venue and why? I would say Belfield if they had fans, but Robin, I don't, I don't say that. Don't say that. Uh, in Ireland. Yeah. If you were away venue in Ireland, I would say. I'll say Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock Rovers is a lovely setup. Um, it's quality right about July, August. Nice sun, sunny day. Yeah. Uh, nice open stand. Generally good football. Lovely playing surface. Good set of fans. Times have got a bad reputation, but anytime I've went there, I've had no. That's because they're dubs, though. That's not fair. That's not fair. I have to say it. I work in Dublin, so I have to say that. Um, no, I have to say anytime I went to Shamrock Rovers, more than hospitable. Um, as I said, I've lovely wee set up and quite like, no, I'll tell you where I like, I'll tell you where I like, I like the Bulls uh, because the wee social club's top notch. It's grand for a wee pint after the game. Okay, <laughs> All thank right. you very much. Man.
Sorry, I saw you putting up flags earlier on, and did I read right? The Carlo Supporters Club oh, of did. Finn Harps. How did that happen? Um, well, I live in Carlo, so I started a supporters club, which is effectively me. Yeah. And uh, Christmas parties must be pretty poor, are they? Oh yeah, they're. Uh, well, there's the dinnery. I mean, I lived in Carlo, so I'm used to standing in a dark corner of the dinnery on my own. So. Well, you can say there's a. Every time there's a meeting, there is a 100%. Turn out, so yeah. it's a good start. So there you go, me getting rowdy with the Finn Harps fans, but then calming it all down with the nice drop of Daniel O'Donnell. You can never have enough O.E. Daniel, can you, in your lifetime? It's a O'Donnell name. or Kelly, that being you? Uh, O'Donnell. You can have too much of me, sadly. Uh, I've. It's a name, sadly, that I've been... Uh, compared to many times at home and I, I'm not a fan of the man let's just leave it at that Sligo people are not original if the only thing they can slag you about is the fact that you're called Daniel and he's, and called, he's Daniel. called Daniel see it's weird how both of us have the same first name yeah and both of us are actually brilliant singers so uh, he's a better yeah, dancer yeah that's true he is a better it, dancer than it's like Oshin in Fair City at the moment I'm getting a lot of heat because of that dick really? yeah could, you, uh, you, your name could have been Billy Meehan for example that would have been awkward do you know any Billy Meehan's? Uh, the guy from Fair City. Apart no, from that. apart from Billy Meehan. <laughs> I obviously who's, don't know. Who's no longer with yeah. us. The character, I mean. Yes, I'm sure the actor is, but the character, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, we leave it at that. Still don't know if I like you yet. Okay, that's alright. Just, just, Give it time. I'm just... It's just weird Richie not being here. It's alright, but change is good at times. No, it's not. If you were a real follower of the League of Ireland, you'd know that. that Look at what Summer good. Soccer's after doing. You heard Stewie Byrne earlier saying that you know change is not good essentially is what he was getting at yeah. uh, I don't think he just meant about summer soccer he, and I know I'm putting in words general. in his mouth here uh, I think life. he meant everything yeah yeah. Stewie is a conservative by his nature <laughs> possibly I don't know we don't know that uh, we don't know the guy well enough yeah. to say but if I were to guess you would say he is yeah I'd probably be wrong only one way to find out nope let's not ask him because then we could be proved wrong okay that's fine I'm okay with that <laughs> Okay, this week's fixtures, and it's weird, it's kind of back to tradition. Uh, Derry taking on Bray at 5 o'clock on Sunday at 3 o'clock. It's Bowes against Pats, Shamrock Rovers against Finn Harps, Longford against Cork City. And Galway United taking on Sligo Rovers in the Western Derby. Um, How do both Rovers and United feel about the fact that Connacht have completely overshadowed them and, and people don't need them anymore? Well, I know I was on the I was on the rewind with you earlier in the week, actually speaking about this exact thing that it looks like Galway and Sligo Rovers have been put away to the wayside. Same with the Galway herders and the Galway footballers yeah. and the male footballers. That everyone at the minute is going kind of crazy now. Whether it'll be the same like that in two or three weeks' time when the championship in Connacht get gets going fully, or even if Galway or Sligo get a good uh, decent run in the cup remains to be seen but at the minute I'm afraid it is all Connacht so hopefully this weekend with the game in Galway there'll be a decent crowd added because if they can fit 8,000 into the sports grounds they should at least get 2 or 3 hopefully for a Connacht derby You've kind of had an insight into what it's like to be a Connacht fan because with Sligo when you were growing up presumably they weren't that great because I remember there was a long period where Sligo were terrible and then they came with this burst and become very successful and people really had a reason to get behind them and they, they, they were seeing relatively top class professional athletes at their home ground on their doorstep they were you know provided with a great event to go to so you can kind of understand the whole Connacht thing given that we've already kind of seen that in Sligo totally well it's it's a situation where if there's an attractive product and if more importantly a successful product 
people will go out and watch it. If Connacht were playing dire rugby but still winning every week, people would still be going because they want to be following a winning team. Yeah, think Munster in the 90s stroke early 2000s. Exactly. That was a dire rugby but it not, wasn't exciting, not, it wasn't set. Not, tr- not yeah. uh, the Munster, Munster in their heyday are nowhere near as attractive as a team Connacht there now and I think that's fair to say yes it is going back to Rovers under Paul Cook there was there was a natural progression that the team were getting better and better and then when Cook left Barcliffe took it over he changed the style a bit in a way he made them not as attractive but more effective and I think that's what helped them win the league that year yeah First Division fixtures this weekend on Sunday again. Shelburne taking on Limerick at three. Cove Ramblers up against Waterford United. That one also at three. At three o'clock, it's Cabin Teeley against Strata. Then guess what? At three o'clock, Athlone Town taking on UCD. Let's uh, just take a quick run through the tables. Dundalk still top of the Electricity League Premier Division. They're on 34 points. Cork City second on 30 points. Derry City third on 24 points. Longford and Bray stuck to the bottom on seven points. In the First Division, well... It's kind of two leagues. It's Limerick then. The rest, Limerick, are on 33 points. Drata are second on 21 points. So just 12 points between the teams. Have, uh, and that's what? That's four games with 17 games left this season. So can we sort of come out with a date of when we think uh, Limerick will be Well, you're champions? the figures, man. Why don't you... Come back to me in 30 seconds. Okay. I'll start scribbling. Uh, Shelburne on 16 points. They're in third. UCD fourth on 15 points. Cove... Well, they're 5th on 14 points. Waterford 6th on 13 points. have gone this far. I might as well do the rest. At Lone 6th on 7 points. And Cabin Teeley 7th on 5 points. Hold on a second. Is there only 7 teams in the 1st Division? There's 8 teams in the 1st Division. Hold on. So, alright. Okay, do you know what I did? I actually literally separated Limerick from the rest. So, uh, Limerick 1st. Strata 2nd. Shelburne 3rd. UCD 4th. Cove 5th. Waterford 6th. At Lone 7th. Cabin Teeley 8th. Yes. And the reason why I uh, didn't know how many teams were in the 1st Division is because I don't rate you. Your minnows. That simple. I totally disrespect you. Have we actually given the First Division more time this week than you and Richie would on a normal basis? No, because we had Kevin Doherty in for an interview. So that's fair. And And I presume people who are smart enough to download a podcast are also smart enough to get sarcasm, but I don't really mean that about the First Division. I presume. It's a big leap. Yeah. We don't know Especially with certain segments of the crowd, but that's for another day. I'm looking here at it. Uh, If Wexford, if Wexford, if Limerick even, are 12 points ahead which is 4 games after yes. 11 we could probably say with a 28 game season that they should have the league potentially wrapped up if they keep up this pace by maybe game 20 game 21 wow yeah uh, you'd, you'd think they were in the Scottish Premiership at that rate oh that's for another day that's no it's not let's do it now it's a, Richie well, won't talk to me about Scotland yeah it's just it's a, why I got a new younger hotter model to replace him who will talk about things that Richie won't talk about uh, <laughs> It's just a one-team league and now it'll be a two-team league. Oh. But that's for another day. Yeah, it's also totally rubbish. It is. Like, it's awful. And this whole Celtic or Irish thing, I support Celtic because I'm Irish, that is the greatest load of bull. Actually, this is a podcast, so I can say bullshit. Can we we actually also talk about the girl who was in Letterkenny when uh, Prince Charles was (laughs) up there? (laughs) Now that we've brought this up... uh, now that we've brought this up, this yeah. uh, woman who hiled up a sign saying Brits out while wearing yeah. a Celtic jersey. Last time I checked, you need to pay in sterling to go to a game in Celtic Park. And sterling is the currency of uh, Scotland and England and Wales. And the also UK, Northern I think Ireland. they call it yeah, that. Yeah, that is what You're being controversial. It. I like it. Thanks. It's I'm like when impre- the Simpsons introduced, uh, was it Poochie? Yeah, Poochie and yeah. Itchy, Scratchy and Poochie. And that was the end You're just going to start saying buzzwords now to really liven the thing up. Look, you're talking about figures uh, this week. Um, yes. Give, it, give us another one. 
You calculated one. how many uh, podcasts were in I there. have calculated via the medium of going out and checking, counting the podcasts. I've come to Wait the a second. Wait a, that is to indicate that during the podcast, you slipped out during a break in recording, which of course we don't take. We yeah. start, and we go, and we go start to finish. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm so stealthy. I just ran in and I quickly didn't even notice. Okay. So we came to the grand total of 12. Which is? The same amount of episodes as some show called Faulty Towers. Oh, of course, you're going along the League of Ireland supporters line if I don't watch those English shows. Yes, exactly. I don't pay my money to those English yes, shows. I don't pay my money to those. So if uh, when Richie makes his triumphant return next week, you can tell him. Well, we don't know. It might happen. See, you're in possession of the jersey now. Yeah, it's, see, he, it's, it's his job now to try and take it off me in, in training yeah. during the week. And, Trend, and just you'll be there to watch us and see how it goes. skidding here flying during the week. Well, basically 12 episodes, so... And swallow the whistle. The podcast has matched Faulty Towers and next week I'm sure there'll be some other obscure show that Richie has heard of that no one else has that will have 13 episodes I guess Richie's height makes him John Cleese oh 100% yeah and also his rudeness towards people but that's for another day that's true and uh, I'm sure I suppose it makes me man well but in many ways you, you know it could also make me um, what was his wife's name in? I have no idea you don't tell me you haven't watched that either <laughs> I haven't you're a crank okay Dan Kelly thank you very much it's been um, a pleasure talking to you this week, far, filling in for Richie and uh, it wasn't just because he sits on the closest desk to the studio we really wanted you yeah, I, yeah. no seriously thanks we did folks you can get me on uh, at Oshin Langan you can get you at uh, it's Mr Daniel and Richie McCormick is still on Twitter but I've unfollowed him because well quite frankly if he, if he wasn't going to show up this week not interested you want commitment out of our League of Ireland podcast people uh, talk to you next week take care bye bye <laughs>